Thanks, Jan. Shall we pray together? <clears throat> Father, thank you that reality, the true truth, is found in the pages of your word. Some of your words are simple and some are more complicated, but all of them are true. And so we want to be people devoted to knowing and letting your words to shape our lives. And so we pray that this morning. Would you help us to allow these words to shape us as your people? In Jesus' name, amen. I I want to suggest to you that these verses that Jan's just read to us are probably some of the most complicated verses in the whole of Mark's gospel. In addition to that, they're probably some of the verses that have created the most YouTube crazy videos out there. So if you've watched the crazy videos, I suspect you're not going to like my message today. Okay, And the reason for that is that these verses are written in a type of writing that we just don't have today. It's called apocalyptic writing. And it's a very technical type of writing. It has a very technical way of actually presenting information to us. And back 2,000 years ago, everyone understood apocalyptic writings. Today we don't. And so people produce YouTube videos from this text are crazy crazy okay and so really today one of my goals is to debunk these verses so that you don't have to waste your life watching crazy YouTube videos use your life for something way more important like actually being the people of God and serving God and so really that's my purpose today and one of the reasons why I think people struggle with these verses. Well, there's two reasons why I think people struggle with these verses. The first is this, and this is a good thing, but built into the human heart, everyone wants to know what's over the next horizon in their lives, don't they? If only we could look a year down the road, if only we could look 18 months down the road and see what's coming to us, wouldn't that be amazing? And so people go to palm readers and they go to crystal ball readers because they want to see over the crest of the hill and see what's coming to them. That's actually built into the human heart. We want to see what's coming down the road. And as Christians, people who read the Bible, they read this text and they go, I guess this is the Christian version of a palm reader. This is the Christian version of the crystal ball reader because clearly it's telling us what's coming down the road. Well, is it? And so that's how we interpret it. It's like going to the fair and going to the palm reader. And that's how many people read these verses. The second is, as I've already said, this kind of not understanding apocalyptic writings. And let me try and explain what I mean by this, because you might be sat there thinking, I have no idea what an apocalyptic writing is. It sounds crazy, and you've just told me to ignore the crazy. This is what I mean. Okay, imagine that Lorna, this is my wife, imagine that Lorna was heading down to Kent where her family uh, used to live, and she's visiting friends, and she's off for three weeks. Okay, and because we're old... We're still old school. A week in, Lorna decides to write me a letter. 
you know, we don't do text, we don't do email, she's going to write me a letter. And so on the day that Lorna's letter arrives in the post, another letter also arrives in the post, and it's called our mortgage annual statement. Okay, and so I sit at the breakfast table, and I open Lorna's letter, and guess what she's done? She's written me a love letter. And it's breakfast, and I'm already reading a love letter. And it's amazing. And she signs at the bottom of her love letter, with all of my love. Isn't that nice? Okay. But that's not my response. My response is this. Well, if you're giving all your love to me, what about my daughters? Are you, is there no love for them? And what about your parents? If you've given all of your love to me, then you're obviously saying that you're not going to love your parents. And what about our friends? I thought we had some friends and I thought we loved our friends together. And so I sit at the table and I get very cross with Lorna because she said with all of her love to me. So when I've got myself in a fluster, I then open the next letter and it's the mortgage statement. And I think clearly I've been misreading this. So I'm going to read this mortgage statement just like Lorna's love letter. Because you see, when Lorna was actually saying with all of her love, what she was doing was she was not using an accountancy term. She was trying to express value. And we all intuitively knew that, didn't we? She wasn't actually saying, here's 100% of my love, I'm now going to apportion it all to all the people. That's not what she was doing. She was just saying, I love you, and I want you to know that. But now over to the mortgage statement because I've learned that lesson. So at my mortgage statement, it says here that I need to pay this amount every month. And I think, well, it's not an accountancy term, is it? It's just an expression that I should be paying something, so I'm going to pay whatever I like. So I'm going to pay threepence, whatever that is. And so I'm going to pay threepence. What's going to happen to me and my mortgage? I'm going to get myself in trouble because that actually is an accountancy issue, I should actually be paying my mortgage. And this is what we do with apocalyptic writings. We try and read apocalyptic writings like it's history. And then we get ourselves in trouble. You see, apocalyptic writings were a very specific genre of writing. And all of you understand apocalyptic writings. You just don't know the word. Let me give you an apocalyptic writing. C.S. Lewis, The Lion, The Witch, and the wardrobe. It's a world that's been created with symbolic images to help us understand reality. Aslan. Who's Aslan? Everyone's just said, Jesus is a lion. How can a human be a lion? We understand that symbols can mean other things, and that's exactly what happens in apocalyptic writings. And then we read a text like this, and we go, do you know what? It's history. And that's where we get ourselves in trouble. We don't interpret the text as it should be. It's like we're reading our mortgage statement as if it's a love letter, and then we wonder why we're getting ourselves in trouble. And that's why it's so important that we read the text as it is, and as it was meant to be. Otherwise, we get ourselves in a big, big muddle. And this is actually my warm-up for January, because in January, we're going to be doing a whole series on Daniel. And if you don't understand apocalyptic writings, you're in big trouble when it comes to Daniel. So this is really important. We must understand the text. And we've got to understand that symbols sometimes mean other things, and we've got to be able to do that work. Otherwise, we get ourselves in trouble. However, 
There's also something even more fascinating about this particular passage because John Mark, he writes in this particular style, but then he makes a big twist. And do you know what the twist is? This is the twist. And if you only listen to one more sentence, it's this. In light of all that is about to happen, live like this. That's basically what this whole chapter is about. Everything that's about to come, live like this. And so if you wanted to understand Mark chapter 13, understand it like this. I see that we've got a few Kiwis in the house. Give us a little cheer, a little hacker maybe. Okay, we've got some... Okay, so imagine this. We've got some Kiwis in the house. Imagine that it's half time, and once again, the All Blacks are getting hammered by England. Okay? Just imagine that, okay? And so the Kiwis, they go into their half-time team talk and the coach gets them sat around like this and he's saying, guys, things aren't going as you planned. So we now need to work out what our second half plan is because if we keep doing it the way that it was, you're just going to get hammered again and it's going to be another score to England. So we need to change the plan. That's basically what Mark 13 is all about. Between now and when the end comes, you need to learn to live like this. Otherwise, defeat is coming. That's basically what Mark 13 is. It's a half-time team talk to people who are disorientated like the Kiwis always are. <laughs> That's what it is. And so really, all I want you to do is imagine that you're in God's half-time team talk Okay, we're looking around at the world around and we, can, we don't understand everything that's going on in this world. We need God to help us reorientate so that we can live from now till either we die or Christ returns so that we can live for him. That's what Mark 13 is all about. So I've got five points to my halftime team talk. Okay, so you've got your oranges. I don't know if they still have oranges. Maybe they have like Lucasade or something now. But as you're sucking on your oranges... I want to give you five points to my team talk. And the first is this. If you're going to live for Christ in this world, you need to get used to unmovable things becoming movable. Okay, that's the first part of the team talk. Verse 1 and 2. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones! Unmovable things. What magnificent buildings. Unmovable things. Do you see all these? Uh, do you see all these great buildings? Replied Jesus. Not one stone will be here left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Just try and put yourself in the shoes of Jesus' disciples. They're looking at the temple. They're across a valley. They're looking at the temple. This is a, one of the ancient wonders of the world. It's iconic. It's amazing. They're looking at it and they're saying, isn't this amazing? Look at this wonderful building. But these massive stones, nothing can ever take this away. And Jesus says, well, he doesn't say 40 days, but in 40 years' time, this building will be gone. 
This building will be gone. A Roman general called Titus is going to come into Jerusalem and is going to decimate it so that even today, 2,000 years later, archaeologists don't know where the temple was built. There's lots of theories about where it was laid, but they can't find it because there's no stones left. 40, 40 